On today's episode, we are going to talk about procrastination. Ben, do you procrastinate? Wait, wait, I'm not I'm not ready to get to start. Can we wait a little bit? Welcome to the Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. All right. Welcome to the Friday Habit. What's going on, man? Always staying busy but uh, loving what I'm doing. So it's one of those things where my days go by so quickly. Um, what have you been up to lately? Um, let's see. Uh, me and uh, some of the people on my team have been working on a marketing plan for Knapsack, my web design business, and then StorySite, our website template business. We've been working on that. And I'm trying to come up with like a big master plan. I've never done like a really great in-depth marketing plan before. So I'm trying to come up with something for next year that's just like, has some actual concrete goals of like how many leads we want to bring in, how we're going to measure it, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I've been working with um, one of the people on our team, Whitney, on that, and she's been helping me with it. And we just did a quick test on some stuff the other day, doing some Instagram story videos. And I, I do not like recording myself on video, so it's a good test just to <laughs> see how awkward I am. And I'm trying to like get better at not talking in monotone. <laughs> So things like use your eyebrows to talk. That'll help with your voice. You know, that's a good tip. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you're here to help. So, yeah. So I've been working on a marketing plan for next year and also realizing that a marketing plan is not good unless you have a really specific business goal first. And then your marketing plan has to support that. So I'm doing some Mm. deep digging here before the beginning of next year. That sounds like a really great episode. Yeah. Hey, maybe we should think about that. (laughs) We'll have to come back to that. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I've, um, you know, here we are uh, at the beginning of the year. And so almost all of our clients, like I'd say 90% of our clients are on retainer. And so it's a process of creating proposals and plans for 2020 and sending all those out, having meetings. So it's just a lot of groundwork that's taking place right now to, to kind of launch us into the rest of the year. So that's kind of what we've been up to. That's awesome. Cool. Well, let's not put it off anymore. We should uh, get to our main topic. Get to the main topic. Um, Procrastination. Like overcoming procrastination. I think we all probably struggle with procrastination to some point. Um, I think it's easy to procrastinate, especially when there's tasks that you're maybe not in love with doing. You find something to distract you in order to keep you from doing those. Um, And so you recently wrote a blog post um, on this topic and you've kind of come up with a handful of, of ways to overcome procrastination. So why don't you walk us through some of your top tips on overcoming procrastination? I would be happy to. And the only reason I know anything about this is because I am the worst. Like I've, I've always been really uh, bad at procrastinating ever since. I mean, really college is when it kind of um, hit me the hardest. And I realized how bad I was at it. And it's funny, actually, one of my classes. Um, it was a speech class that I had. I think it was like uh, a 101 speech class of some kind. Um, I was supposed to write my speech and I did not do any work on it until about an hour before the class. So I wrote my whole speech about procrastination. And I, I got an A on it, but it was horrible. <laughs> Which solidified your procrastination habit even further. Exactly. It's like, wow, if I put 50% yeah. effort and get 100%, yeah. I mean... Yeah, exactly. No, it, it, but it has hurt me lots of times and I it was kind of a cycle for me in college of 
doing, you know, it, it was perfectionism was kind of part of the problem with me with procrastination. So I would, I would want to make it perfect. So it would take forever to do the first part of it. And then it would be a cycle of me feeling ashamed because I didn't get it done on time. And then I wouldn't even want to finish it at all because I didn't want to face my professor. Anyway, we should, this should not be a counseling session. Right now. <laughs> a I should session. probably just jump into what I've learned since then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and well, this is the thing too. I think with procrastination, the, you know, did you get a hundred percent on that speech? Yes, you did. But I would say that there is a sense of stress and anxiety and a weight that you carry all up until you get those things done. And so, you know, I, I've struggled with procrastination as well and, and, and throughout life and, and, and my career. And it is one of those things where when I do something right and I get it done when it's supposed to get done, I feel this like relief and mm-hmm. a sense of accomplishment that's like, oh, why didn't I just get this done earlier, you know? So true. Uh, so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have wrote down a few thoughts here. So one of them that has really helped me a ton and even identifying why I'm procrastinating is lots of times I don't really actually know, I don't have clarity on what the actual next real physical step is to do. So um, I learned this from a book um, called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And we'll link to that in the show notes. But um, it's a classic productivity book. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he talks about in there is lots of times people don't take action on stuff because they actually aren't sure what they need to do next. They have a really vague task on their list, like um, get better health insurance. It's like, um, how do I take action on that? It sounds kind of daunting. You don't really know what to do next. So what you need to do is actually think through that task and what the next physical action is that you need to do. So for example, get better health insurance. Um, well, okay, what do I need to do first? Um, I guess I need to... Um, call that guy that Mark told me about that has great health insurance. Okay, that's great, but I actually don't have that guy's number, so what do I need to do? Oh, I need to actually text Mark and get his number. It's like, oh, that's my next task is text Mark for that guy's number. That's an easy task to do, but it feels hard when you don't know what the next physical action is. So that's one thing that's helped me with procrastination is just breaking that down and making sure you know the actual next physical step. First thing, define the next physical action. And so in order to define the next physical action, uh, would you say that it's important that you kind of sit down and think through that process and think through what, what is next and what the next physical action, like creating space essentially for you to do this? Yes. Um, it, it's so the way I've done it in the past is kind of setting aside a little bit of time on the weekend for me to sit down just like with all the things that I'm thinking about in life, you know, what's moving forward and what's not and just deciding what are my priorities for next week. And then once I know the priorities, then I try to break down actual like physical action steps, something that you can see or describe like that you could physically see someone doing. So even things like, oh, I need to create a plan for home renovation. It's like, that's kind of vague too. It's like, but no, if it says write down a list of the top three things I need to fix on the house, then it's like, that's a really practical thing that's easy to do because I need to write a list. So I know I need a pen, I need a piece of paper, and I can see myself doing it. So yeah, I, I think having a time each week to just think about that's really helpful. Nice. All right. What's the next the next step? Next thing is setting the stage in advance. So what I mean by this is um, a good example is if you don't really feel like exercising and there's a little bit of friction. So a lot of this stuff, honestly, is like bringing clarity and reducing friction. So that's one thing mm-hmm. you just don't really realize while you're procrastinating sometimes. Lots of times it just feels complicated because you don't have clarity or there's friction there. Right. So 
for me, um, like if I want to exercise the next day, what I'll do the night before is lay out all of my exercise clothes and like pick out what I'm wearing, grab my shoes, make sure I have everything ready to go. So when I wake up, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to wake up, put these clothes on and start running. So it's very clear what's happening next. Everything's set. Or if I need to work on a complicated project, and I know I have to start it next thing in the morning. I'll open up all the applications on my computer, open up the right files I need, have everything set. So all I have to do is turn on my computer and start typing or start designing. So it just reduces that setup ahead of time. So you can just jump right into it. Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest things that has helped me overcome procrastination and uh, be consistent, you know, Uh, you know, with working out. um, You know, you and I kind of started wanting to bulk up, get some get some muscles going for 2020. So I've been going to the gym and things like that. But yeah, what I found is that when I didn't have that plan or that next stage uh, set that I, I found excuses to not go, or I found like, ah, it's like too late now I got to go to work and I don't have time to go to the gym. But when it's like, I set my alarm for first thing in the morning, have my bag laid out, it almost makes it so that you don't have to use your brain. <laughs> you know, like if I have to use my brain, like there's probably something's going to stop me. But if I don't have to use my brain, like I'll get to the gym. Exactly. If you use your brain, your brain gets in your way. You start overthinking stuff. Your brain gets in your way. This is the time when you don't want to use your brain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tip number three, don't use your brain. No, actually, tip number three is close to that. It's reset your brain. Yeah, basically lots of times what happens, at least with me, as I get in my head and I start overthinking it, And so I just kind of need to reset. It's like resetting a computer, you know, it's not working. I just like, I need to start with a clean slate. So a few ways that I like to do that if I, if I need to kind of get psyched up for something or do something new and it works especially well, if you've already set the stage in advance, then you can reset your brain and come back. So uh, one way to do that is cardio exercise. I mean, you could go for a run. That's great. But even going for like a 10 minute brisk walk, you know, while I'm at work, if I'm like, oh, I don't want to start this project. If I go for a walk 10 minutes and, you know, I've set my stage ahead of time right before I go for that walk. Then when I get back, my heart's pumping a little bit. You know, I have more blood in my brain. I'm just like a little bit more, you know, aware and alert and ready to get started. So um, that's definitely one way to do it. Also, a power nap really helps me too. Is if I get all my stuff ready first, and then I just take a fifteen to twenty minute nap. Then when I come back, my my brain's kind of reset and ready to go. Where are you taking this nap at the <laughs> office at your desk? Good question. <laughs> um, I have seen some pretty funny things. Have you ever seen those like those weird looking pillows that you can stick over your yes, head? that's not me. Oh, you know what I'm okay. About? You can, yeah, I've seen those. The the it's like your hands go in there too. Yeah. It's like your head and your hands go in there. <laughs> I've also seen that uh, moon pillow thing. Have you seen that? It's like a giant yeah. like jelly bean that's made out of like space material, oh, and you yeah. can like lay in it like a huge like jelly bean thing. That sounds amazing. I need to check that out. No, so so what I've done. In, in the past, so I have it, ideally I do it right after lunch, and I have a hammock. And during like the summer and spring, I'll grab my hammock, set it out, so set it up outside. You know, after I eat lunch and take a, a nap outside. But when it's cold in the winter, we have a couch in here in this one office, and it has a blind that I can shut the door or whatever and take a quick nap. I mean, I've also been known to just sit in a chair, like a reclining chair, and like take a nap for ten minutes, <laughs> close your eyes, yeah. yeah, put my hat over my face, and like put my headphones on and go to sleep for a couple minutes. But even just like closing your eyes and sitting still like that um i mean if you go more than 20 minutes for me i get super groggy but if you can find that right timing then you can basically like lean into that energy slump and then come back out of it stronger instead of trying to like fight it all afternoon so yeah i heard that the um the digestive time frame of caffeine is like 
15 to 20 minutes or something. So they say if you could take a shot of espresso, then take your nap. When you wake up from that nap, you also get that kick of like espresso or, or caffeine. So that sounds really dangerous, but that's a tech, a technique. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, similar to that, actually. So I, I don't personally drink caffeine because I'm pretty sensitive to it, but it's something that actually is gives a similar effect to me in a positive way is um, taking a cold shower in the morning. So there's another way to reset your brain. Not something you can just do at work usually unless you happen to have a shower at work and feel like Mm -hmm. taking the time to do that or something. But I do this often when I get home, if there's something I want to start on kind of, it's just intense. So taking a cold shower basically also increases your heart rate. It does a lot of other stuff. I don't know how much of that stuff that people say, you know, health benefits is true or not, but I definitely feel like when I get out of a cold shower, I feel amazing because my body kind yeah. of feels shocked by like ice cold water. And then when you get out, you just feel like that feeling when you jump into a pool on a, on a cold day, you know, and you get out and yeah. you feel amazing. So it's like you're energized. Yeah, yeah, I try to do the sauna and then I do a shower and then do a cold shower at the end of it, which kicks you into high gear. Like you feel like like you had uh, some caffeine and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a fan of the the cold plunge. Yeah. So yeah, that's another thing I do. Like if I, if I feel like I need to kind of to get started on something, get psyched up for it. Yeah. And then another thing similar is just, this is kind of a trick on your brain, but just instead of, feeling like, oh, I don't want to do this, especially if it's if the reason you're not starting is because you don't like the work that you're doing or you feel a little overwhelmed, or you're not sure where to start. Then sometimes I'll just say, okay, I'm just going to start with 15 minutes and I will not pressure myself to do more than that. So I'll mm-hmm. just say, I'll be honest with myself and be like, I'm, I'm really not going to make myself work more than 15 minutes if I don't like it after 15 minutes. But 90% of the time, if I start working on it for 15 minutes, I get into it and I've solved enough of the, the friction at the beginning to get started that I feel like continuing. And I'm like, after 15 minutes when my alarm goes off, I'm like, you know what? I'll keep working on it. It's not so bad after all. You know, it's more in your head of how hard it's going to be. Um, the next one is do a bad job on purpose. And as a perfectionist, this helps me. So it's kind of the whole idea of if you're writing, you know, just get your thoughts down, write a really rough draft of what you're doing first and just don't pressure yourself to do a good job. Just get started and do just do the minimum, like do a horrible job, even even if it hurts at first. And then, I mean, honestly, you're going to fix it. You're going to make it better, but at least you got started. Right. Yeah, I used to do, when I was editing a lot, uh, you know, video editing, what I would do is I would do a real sloppy rough cut. You know, like I would drop in all the clips that needed to, you know, be in there, like a rough story. And then, you know, I would put in a song. And then once it was all there, it was easier for me to like start like adjusting clips to cut to the song and, you know, different things like that. So it kind of started to push that that ball down the hill. And then once it got enough momentum, it was like, all right, let me just finish this because I'm here and it's almost close to done. So totally. Yeah, I need to try that with video editing because, yeah, I tend to overthink it and like, all right, I need to find all the perfect clips and I need to trim all the edges off of each one that's not useful and then fit them all in. So I need to I need to try that. Another thing that's helped me a lot lately is thinking out loud. And, and by that, I mean, basically having a conversation with somebody and just saying like, hey, I'm having like, just be honest and just tell someone I'm having really, I'm having trouble getting started on this task. And I don't know why. Just be like, I really don't want to do this. And even just admitting that you don't want to do it out loud, it's kind of freeing sometimes. Mm. And then it's also helpful because, you know, you, you can actually talk through it with someone and 
and say, you know, I don't want to get started. This I don't really know why. And they can ask you questions, you know, of like, well, you know, have you done this before? Or do you always have trouble with this kind of task or whatever it might be? And sometimes when you just talk about it with somebody, you can actually figure out what's holding you back from doing it and maybe have get an idea of how you can get started on it. Yeah, I love that. I think that's awesome. I think that that's it's a sense of accountability, I think. You know, it kind of puts that accountability into place, um, which sometimes you need to kick your butt into high gear. For sure. So I think some action items, you know, if we're going to wrap this up and give some action action items to people is one is try setting the stage for your work in advance. Yep, exactly. Just think about one of the next tasks that you have to work on, something you usually struggle with getting started and think about what it would take to get that set up and go ahead and do that this week or next week and just figure out what you can do um, to set it in advance. And then the other thing I would say is um, go to um, our website if you're interested in like implementing um, any of the things that we talk about here, if you go to thefridayhabit.com, you can basically download our guide there that shows you how to start implementing the stuff we talk about on the podcast into your business and how to set aside a day every single week to work on your business instead of in your business. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening today. Thanks for tuning in. And um, hopefully you found this beneficial and encouraging. Thank you so much for listening to The Friday Habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. 